Okay, guys, welcome to episode number 29 of the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast. Um, hope all is well. I think you're all going to benefit from uh, the words of my guest today, as I am. So I'm really delighted to welcome Miriam Karens Hussey onto the podcast. Miriam is a qualified pharmacist and integrative health and wellness coach, as well as a yoga and meditation facilitator. And um, she uh, devotes her life to that mind-body connection. Um, herself and Jerry, her husband, um, co-founded Soul Space, um, which is a platform which raises consciousness and awakens our inner potential. Um, and I love their ethos: change your thinking, change your world. It's brilliant. Love that. Um, uh, Mira also a new mum who has uh, who gave birth to baby, baby Elijah in the first lockdown. So we'll be discussing all things postpartum as well as some other topics on well-being. As you can tell, I'm super excited. And without further ado, welcome Miriam to the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much, Michael. Absolutely uh, thrilled, delighted, and a pleasure to be here with you today. So thank you for having me. No problem at all. So Miriam, we'll start with just a little thing you did with 2FM there. I think it was last week. And it was always at Mindful Moments with Miriam. I really loved that. Um, and it was one that the 2FM show, I think it was Diran and Owen on the morning show. And it was three minutes of calm and relaxation. Um, now, I suppose in the current climate, um, you know, a lot of people have, have anxiety and and I suppose obviously about the, the current situation, but also maybe in other aspects of their life. Um, I suppose people want to be calm, Miriam, and they want to have that um, and they, they find that they, they struggle with with bringing that in. So maybe, they, and, and also they might not realise that it could only take a few minutes to actually um, go from that sort of threat state to, to a more of a calm state. So you might just go through that um, with us, Miriam, just about how we can, even in those few minutes, change our, our sort of chemistry. Yes, absolutely. Um, this is an area that I am really passionate about given that I have, you know, studied and, and studied pharmacy and worked in the world of pharmacy for for over a decade, um, the understanding of that nervous system and how it plays out in our day-to-day lives is incredibly powerful. And I think once we understand potentially the impacts and then how we can, you know, bring it back into alignment and bring it back into balance ourselves, it's a game changer really. And it's probably the biggest tool that we can have in in terms of how we can manage our health and well-being by looking at reducing our stress and bringing that nervous system back into alignment. So basically, when we think about just to give a little bit of context for your listeners, when we think about the nervous system, I like to describe it as, you know, there's almost like two two sides to it. And we have our fight or flight, which many of us will have heard of, which is our sympathetic side of the nervous system. And this is fight or flight. And this is when, you know, you perceive a danger to be out there and your antenna go up and the body goes into this heightened state of alertness. And this is good. We need this. You know, if there was danger and if there is danger, you want your adrenaline, you want your cortisol, which is your stress hormones to be released so that you can, you know, we've we've evolved from the cave. If a bear jumped out of you, you're in danger. You would have that energy and that adrenaline to either fight the bear that's in front of you or flight, run away. So it is important that we do have it. However, there's no bears in our world today. There's no one jumping out out of caves at us. But we are being met every single day with psychological stress and trauma and overwhelm and anxiety in terms of, you know, big long to-do lists, you know, listening to the media and fear um, in terms of, you know, emails flooding in, Uh, you know, all of these things that are playing on our mind and tabs are being opened and opened and opened. 
and it's causing us to feel a sense of overwhelm and a sense that maybe we cannot cope. And this is when we are living in that fight or flight state and we're staying there for too long. So the nervous system, as I mentioned, is like two sides and it's meant to always have been like a light switch. So when the danger is there, you turn on the light switch, your antenna go up and yes, you have uh, you go into that state of alertness so that you can get things done on a daily basis. However, you're meant to then turn off the light switch. So if we're going to bed at night, you'll turn off the lights. But however, many of us are never turning off the switch and not dropping into the other side of the nervous system, which is where we rest, repair, recover, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. And what's happening a lot in today's world is, and especially I know there's a lot of new mums potentially listening to this, is if we're kind of trying to be all things to all people, and maybe you're trying to juggle home life and work, and you know, you're you're wearing a lot of different responsibility roles and hats. What's happening is we can end up living in the fight or flight state long term, which is what we call sympathetic state dominant living. And when we stay here too long, there are consequences to our health, not just to our mood and our sense of, you know, that anxiety feeling or that overwhelm, but a lot of the vital functions that um, the body needs to, you know, get by on a day to day basis are put on the back burner because in that moment in time, the body says, well, there's danger out there. So the most important thing is that we keep Miriam safe. Yeah. So I'm not worried about digesting Miriam's last meal. So your digestion gets put on kind of the back burner. Your immune system gets decreased. We have 75 to 80% of our immune system in our gut. So that gets pushed on the back burner. So our immune system isn't functioning as well as it should be. We all know stress is a big um, contributor to immune function. And then other things like reproduction. So your body, if you're in a constant state of fight or flight or stress, well, the body is so clever, it will say, well, you know what? It's not a safe place to bring a baby into this world. So your reproductive hormones, sex hormones are pushed down on, on the back burner as well, leading to things like fertility problems. So really what we want to be doing is on a regular basis, first and foremost, I think the first thing is, can we become aware? Can we become conscious of when we are in fight or flight and if we're in there for too long. And then once you become conscious, once you become aware, then you have a decision, then you have a choice. Okay, what can I do to try and come out of fight or flight and draw myself, drop into the other side of the nervous system, which is rest, repair, recovery. And this is where only the healing can happen. And the biggest and most simplest way that we can do this is through breathing. And it doesn't have to, the magic of this is that anything that I say today, Michael, they're simple, practical advices that normally don't cost anything and that can be done anywhere. And the first one is the power of the breath. And by the very act of just pausing and taking five slow, deep cleansing belly breaths or diaphragmatic breathing, you will now shift the nervous system. Because when you're in fight or flight, you, you will generally be breathing from the top of the lungs and your breath will be sharp and shallow, rapid and fast. When your breath is rapid and fast, you are sending a signal to the body saying that you're in, you're in danger. So your body is just going to keep flooding you with more cortisol and more adrenaline, keeping you locked in this vicious fight or flight cycle. The very act of you pausing and taking a belly breath, so you inhale through the nose, Send the breath down to the belly and let it rise up like you're blowing up a balloon very graciously and softly. And then you pause at the top of that inhale and then you slowly exhale, belly falls. The very act of doing that 
Now you send a completely different signal to your body. Now you tell your body there's no threat, there's no danger. Because if there really was danger, you wouldn't be able to stop and take a big, slow belly breath. So you can change your internal chemistry through the power of your breath, allowing you to come back into alignment in the nervous system, reducing some of that stress, reducing some of that anxiety. And if you do that regularly throughout your day, it's amazing how you'll just show up to your day with potentially a you know clearer lens, less reactive, you know, less responsive, less likely to flow off the handle. Um, and you're generally will be more grounded in yourself and just be, have a more sense of ease and grace. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's, it's that creation of space isn't it Miriam and um, I remember doing a couple of courses I think it was the Dublin Mindfulness Clinic and they were talking about do you know if you, something was being chased by as you said an animal in the wild and a gazelle or something and it you know manages to to, to escape and then after a, a few minutes it shakes itself off and it carries on doing what it's doing and whereas humans tend to you know as I said I think it, I think I heard it on a podcast maybe Joe Dispenza or somewhere where like nearly 70% I think of people in the States sometimes we live in this threat state for nearly you know all the time which you know we can't shake it off you know that kind of way which is which is the problem um but uh no i found you know in regard to that and you're saying a few times a day miriam so it could be you know you know the morning time is it a good time to when you wake up to rather than kind of waking up into a sort of a and getting those you know into that threat state and maybe just pausing there and getting a good start to the day Absolutely. I think the morning is a, a wonderful time to um, implement some of these practices because you're you're still coming out of that kind of wake, you know, that you're still in that kind of a sleep um, cycle. You're, you're, you're not, your cortisol hasn't really, you know, flood the system yet. So it's, in a, it's a beautiful kind of state of consciousness there that you can manifest um, even more strongly. But it is a beautiful way to start your day. And what I would say to a lot of people is, you know, scaffold these things onto things you're already doing every single day. Because a lot of people would say to me, you know what, oh, Mariam, I haven't time to meditate. I haven't time to breathe. I haven't time to do any of those things. I have kids running around the house and I have things coming out my ears. What I would say, what are you doing anyway? So for example, you wake up in the morning. Before you get out of bed, can you just place your hands on your heart? Can you take a couple of slow, deep breaths? Start your day with gratitude, start your day hands on heart. That will actually release oxytocin into your system, which is your feel good, that snuggle bliss hormone of feeling safe, that sense of touch. I hear you, I got you, what do I need today? And then maybe just dropping into a few deep breaths. That can be done in 30 seconds. Wow. You know, it doesn't take much time or a minute. And um, what I would say to people is, can you give yourself 1% of your day? And I know maybe Jerry has said this before, is only 15 minutes of your day. You can give the 9% away to everybody else, but can you give yourself 1%? And I would always say, you know, self-care is not selfish. Self-care is not a delicacy. It's a necessity. Because if you are not looking after yourself, well, then how are you meant to be the best mom or the best, you know, husband, wife or son or daughter? So... I would say in the morning is a beautiful way to do that before you even get out of bed. And then look at things you're already doing. So if you're in the shower, you know, just pause there and take a few deep breaths. You know, be conscious, be mindful of the water hitting your skin. Just come into the present moment. Take a few moments, just ground yourself while you're in the shower. Again, maybe saying a few things you're grateful for, or maybe bringing in a positive affirmation or something, an affirming a statement that you want to say about yourself or about your day. 
and then look at what you're doing in the day. So if you are at home and you're on Zoom, before you even open up your laptop, before you start work, can you stop and take five deep breaths? Before you close down your laptop in the evening, can you stop and take five deep breaths? You know, as you're waiting for the kettle to boil, can you stop and take a couple of slow deep breaths? While you're in the bathroom, can you take a few deep breaths? So these are things you're doing anyway. So you're not adding extra time or more stress to your day to try and fit it in. You're just scaffolding on to things you're already doing. And I guarantee you, the more that you do that, the more that you implement that, is the more that you're daily balancing the nervous system. And that is more impactful than sitting down for an hour to meditate once a week or get out for one class a week. The more you're doing on a regular basis, little and often is the more impactful that it will be for you and your mindset, your mood, but also on your physical health as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. Love that. And I love the the, the self-care isn't, you know, selfish. You know, I, I love that, you know, people seem to be always doing stuff for other people, you know, always giving themselves to others, but not really taking that self-care. And um, as you said, and I've said in my workshops as well, that, you know, that have that morning, whether it be half an hour, 15 minutes, whatever it is, and that last hour in the evening for you. So that's you. Otherwise, you're giving yourself over to the world. As you said, you're giving over to the, the virtual world or whatever it is. But, no, I love that. And, um, you know, even as I said, the cars can be frosting in the morning. Even that time when the car's defrosting, you know, just have a moment, have a breath. There's time there. It's, as I said, and, and Jerry said many times, you know, time doesn't change. You know, it's just it's just using, as you said, those things that we do generally normally and just use them in, in a different way. No, that's brilliant. Um Excellent, no, that's brilliant. Love that. Um, social interaction, Miriam. Um, I find from, from, I suppose everyone, but also, you know, I used to find one of the big feedbacks from my mum's group coming in would be that social interaction with with other mums um, was getting out the house. And I remember seeing a really good video with you did on your story. I think it was like two two p.m. in the afternoon. I'm on the floor. I'm in my gym jams. I haven't had a shower. I think Elijah's eating clay. <laughs> and it was it was it was so close to like what now I hear that every day with the mums, you know, when this obviously pre COVID when they were coming in, they said this gives me structure, otherwise I would be, you know, you know, wouldn't you know, they they might be first time mums like yourself. They might you know, I used to find maybe they weren't from the town, some of them, so they they're meeting other mums, their interaction picking up tips you know, I've, I've picked up some great tips over the last few years maybe and it hasn't happened yet but when I, when I have, um, have have children I've got loads of tips now to, um, but it was it, you know gave them that that buzz so in in sort of the times you are now in regards to social interactions Miriam um, you know people like you know my sister's homeschooling she's an eight-year-old and a 13-year-old she's a very sort of extrovert bubbly she's really got a lot of her friend circle so she's finding it quite tough so um, are there any sort of tips that we can kind of maybe use and, and the, the guys not just say the mums but anyone just to say we can keep that so that interaction with people even though we can't physically you know meet them or, or, or that type of thing yeah and you know that is it's a it's a really really great question and one that so many people are meeting and i suppose are being challenged with at the moment given the current situation i know for me personally um, it is a, it is a challenge, and I think at the start of becoming a, a new mom, right in the middle of lockdown, I actually enjoyed it because I got that fourth trimester that I so desperately wanted. You know, I remember, be careful what you want, you wish yeah, for. Yeah. You know? I remember saying to Jerry because we both have big families, um, and I remember saying to Jerry, God, how would we get that fourth trimester? We'd be bombarded with people coming up, um, and then all of a sudden, bang, nobody. You know. Um, which in a way at the start I enjoyed because it just meant, and Jerry was at home, it just meant 
kind of got to, you know, be in my pajamas all day if I needed to be, got to establish feeding, got to just, you know, drop into the new role of being a mother and transition with more softness yeah. without trying to have the house clean or make tea for people, you know. So in the early days, I really cherished it. Um, but now as he, the months have gone on and we're still in lockdown, it has become challenging, especially because my son is now nine months and nobody has really held him or got to, mm. you know, see him really. And that is upsetting. So there's, there's that. And as you said, the social interaction is a big thing. And it was, I was only speaking to Jerry about it yesterday, saying this lockdown, lockdown three, I found most challenging because it is the time where ideally I would be out meeting other moms uh, going for walks, going for your, your lunch dates, uh, play dates, uh, and as I said, getting those tips. And especially as a new mom and for any new moms out there, it's, you know, you, you jump on the Zooms and, you know, I, I, we'll have a few Zoom chats with other moms and the babies will be popping in the back and stuff. And it's fine and it works. And it, I think it's, it's what we have to make do with at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it's better than not having anything at all. Yeah. So what I would say to people is, come back to a, st a space of acceptance and gratitude and surrendering. And I think the biggest thing for me, Michael, in all of this that has helped me transition with as much ease and grace, and it's not always, you give ups and downs and ins and outs, absolutely, but is the concept of reframing. So, you know, I would say in a situation like I can't go meet people, you know, I could look at all the things I can't do, but then I'll just catch myself and go, okay, Look at what I do have. Yeah. I am blessed to have a beautiful son who is healthy and well in front of me. Yeah. I am blessed that I can get down on the floor and play with him and not have to be going here, there and everywhere. Yes. So that's what I've, I have used and it has really helped me. Um, but, you know, social interaction is one of the key pillars to our sense of well-being. It, it releases oxytocin, as I mentioned earlier. It's that, you know, sense of connection, that sense of feeling safe. And the more we're disconnected is the more these oxytocin levels are dropping and leading to things like feeling more vulnerable and that sense of isolation and loneliness and disconnection. So what I would say to people is, you know, if you are at home and you do have people in the house with you, you know, get as many hugs in as you can, yeah. you know, um, get playing games and getting fun and laughter, you know, get silly, get down, you know, whatever it is, playing charades or whatever, but just bring a bit of fun or laughter, put on a funny movie, a comedy, something that would help release these oxytocin levels and keep ourselves filled up um, because we can't meet people at the moment. So what is the next best thing? So do jump on a Zoom call, meet other moms virtually um, if you can. And that will kind of, I suppose, keep us going until we can do more. But I think it's about accepting where we're at trying to reframe it and just bring it back to what am I grateful for? What are, what are my blessings? Yeah, no, I love that. And that reframing. So remember the first lockdown initially you thought, Oh, you know, we didn't really know too much about it. I might be a couple of weeks. I'll be back open again, you know, in regards to business owners, you knew yourself. And I remember chatting to Jerry, went for a run there, New Year's Eve in the snow. I was trying to keep up with them, but it was saying like <laughs> um, pre COVID, you know, you probably not, it was a very small percentage of your business was online and now it's maybe 60, 70%. So, and it probably gave me, I suppose, in hindsight, a little bit of a kick to get online because I was, I was always, I felt my doing my best face to face with groups and people, and then, you know, now it's okay. After a, a week, you know, a few days of freaking out and saying okay, you know, and then actually, 
reframed it then and I was I went up to Galway my parents and I probably haven't spent three months with my parents since 10 years when I came back from traveling so I was like look and it gave me time I ended up doing a course that I'd be had on the long finger nutrition course I ended up getting back running after my Achilles injury and I was you know so it is it's that being grateful for what and I am really grateful for those moments and then came back and the zooms actually when I first started doing the zooms from home from my mum's living room um it was actually brilliant because I missed that it wasn't obviously the same but at the same time it was great for me and great for the guys coming on because we were kind of having the crack and having a bit of buzz and it and now i have my mum's group now on zoom three mornings a week and it's great because i get to see the but the babies come on and they're doing baby squats and all these type of stuff with them so <laughs> it's great fun so i that's one of my best classes that i do because of that um, and you see the growth i've got some mum they're actually on their second child now so the, the baby who was a baby is now walking around and then there's a new baby but it's great to see so um just in regards to the post i suppose um postpartum and mirroring yourself in regards to sort of physically and mentally how how was that i know you touched on obviously the difference being in lockdown but um do you know how how was that for you obviously as you said there's days when you're on the floor you know in, in your pajamas um and there's ups and downs so just maybe talk the guys through through your experience there yes yeah, so um I think for me, it's been um, it's been probably the greatest, you know, awakening. They often say, you know, when you give birth, you also give birth to yourself because you've never you've never been a mom before. But if you're a first time mom, um, uh, and and for and for um, other kids because you've never had this child before, you yeah. know. So it's um, it's a huge transition. It's a huge change. Um, and it's a huge opening, I think, of the heart because it, it's you're just flooded with so many emotions um, and your hormones, of course, are changing all the time. So the early days and the early weeks, I think it's all it's, it's almost like a bit of a blur. It's a bit, a bit of a haze, you know, that for fourth trimester, um, you're just really every day is, is kind of merging into one. Um, but I think for me, it was a very magical time because um, I think I just, before I gave birth, I became very conscious of the fourth trimester. I, I remember I really wanted to, I said to myself, I will never get this time back again. Yeah. This is too precious to not really just surrender into it and go with it. I think the biggest lesson, and I, I said already about reframing, but the second biggest thing that I have learned in it all is to surrender. And surrender is not about collapsing or quitting or giving up. For me, surrender is about just dropping into a state of softness while still being courageous in what you're doing. And that for me allowed me to be vulnerable when I needed to be, you know, cry my eyes out if I needed to do that um, and be okay in that. And I think letting down the expectations, letting down the guard of of trying to be a certain way or should be X, Y, and Z, and it's not, that's surrendering into what is, surrendering to the softness. Um, and that in itself, I think, is probably the most courageous thing you can do as a mom. And so that, for me, helped me transition. And now that I am, uh, you know, he's nine months and I'm kind of dipping back into a little bit of work, um, I suppose I'm grateful I, I can because it's all through virtually, it's all remotely and it's from home. Yeah. I can kind of come on and do something like this for an hour and then I'm back with him, yeah. uh, which is wonderful. But it is, it's, it's, I, I have to be 
I have to catch myself time and time again, Michael, and I'm not always the best at it, but I have to catch myself and come back to, okay, what is the dance I am doing? Where do I want to be? Where are my priorities? Um, you know, am I on the phone too much around him? Um, you know, am I down on the floor playing with him enough? I can't, you know, I really have to catch myself and, and I think it's trying to, as Jerry would say, W-I-N, what's important yeah. now. And I think for many realistas, if you're at home and you're homeschooling as well, and you're trying to do all the different things, and, and, you know, as I said earlier, be all things to all people, it's not really, it's not rely, it's not reality to be able to do all things to all yeah. people. And I think it's important that you just prioritize and you pick a few things rather than having 50 million to-do lists today, just pick, well, what's the one thing I'm going to get done today and I'm going to do that right. And if I'm going to be taking a half an hour at my son, I'm going to be with him. You know, if I'm going to be on a Zoom call, I'm going to be there. Um, and I think that takes a lot of the overwhelm off. Um, and I think the biggest emotion that I often experience um, and see with other new time moms in postpartum is that sense of kind of overwhelm. And really, I, I think that is I've kind of, you know, been stewing on that. And what, what really is that? And for me anyway, personally, I think it's a stacking I think it's a stacking, layering upon layering of unexpressed or unspoken about feelings or emotions. And if we try to hold it all in and keep it all together and everything's fine, and maybe you don't tell your partner, your husband or your family or somebody how you're really feeling, well, then you're stacking and stacking. And then that's going to cause suppression of emotions. It's going to be causing unreleased, undigested feelings. And then what happens if we stack anything? It's like a pressure cooker. It'll it's going to go, yeah. It's going to go at some stage. Exactly. Or it'll end up in a burnout yeah. or, you know, maybe a, a breakdown or some, some form of um, emotional breakdown. So I think it's important that I always say it's like a bottle of fizzy Coke. And if you really tighten the lid and you start shaking it, it's building and building and building. So I think we need to just open the lid and let this, let yeah. this out. Get the pressure off, yeah. It's, in a healthy way and ways to do that I find very helpful are things like you know getting out in nature I go in for my swim get on my yoga mat if I can do your breathing maybe a bit of journaling have a good cry if you need it you know, um, and talk you know talk to people that you trust um, that will hold space for you that can really listen to you um, and where I think the biggest thing for moms is I think we feel like we need to be heard we need to be appreciated we need to be seen and i think the biggest thing that we fall fall the trap that we fall into and i've definitely fallen into it is um oh well sure i'm just a mom you know or i i'm just at home with the kids and yeah. without realizing that is probably the greatest job in the world yeah probably the hardest job in the world um and it's full on you know and sometimes we we don't give ourselves the permission Hmm. appreciate and acknowledge all that we are doing yeah. on a day-to-day basis no it's amazing as i said i'm surrounded by mums for the last three or four years and uh it blows me away like some of them you know one two three i've a couple had four five kids you know um but it, but just the way they can kind of manage um and as you said it's uh and i remember he, i remember hearing once how um the word labor and women you know going through that process um probably one of the most toughest processes you can go through um for the human body and in regards to the pain is pain as well and it says 
you know even though you know that, that that's what's going to be the reason you do is because you want to produce new life you want to create new life and i find that you know that that's amazing um and it, it kind of follows on to a question there i remember you put up a book recently i think it was on your story as a it was riga forbes i think it was mindful thoughts for mothers um and it was a journey of loving awareness i thought that was lovely um yeah. and i remember jerry talked about it before and about how you know if you're sort of up to the age of seven or eight, um, those pre-programmed tapes is, is is a lot of what you're going to now carry on then after. And it's funny, I see, you know, it's funny, like I've, I remember a little boy called Shawnee who grows, the cutest little boy, and he grew, as he was growing, because um, pre-COVID I used to have like ball pits and tents and everything. It was always like a nursery in here. But he, he used to obviously watch his mum doing some of the exercises. I remember him one day, just out of nowhere, went up and picked up a pair of little, I had these little kind of gloves and, he was started to go over to the bag, the boxing bag, and started punching away like and she, you know, it was just gas how they how they how they how they pick up and I'm sure like Elijah's the same and, and how he's progressing. But how important just are those first as I said, six, seven years too to how we're gonna progress and uh, down the line. Yeah, they are they're really the formative years. Um and I can see it already in our little man. Like he's he's like a sponge and really absorbing everything. Um, and in those early days, you know, from for the first seven, eight years of life, um, kids are in theta brainwave, which is really it's uh, one of the brainwaves that's almost like hypnosis or downloading. And it needs to be that way because they learn everything very quickly. They learn how to speak. They're learning their motor skills. They're learning all of these things about life and they're and they're downloading everything so quickly. Um, so in those first seven, eight years, they're also downloading um, the emotional world that they're living in and the environment which which within they are immersed. And often, you know, we, we, we've often heard that phrase from Maya Angelou, it's not what you say, but it's how you make people feel. So it's imagined they are, they are living in an energy field for those seven, eight years. And what is that energy field they're living in? So it's a good question to ask yourself at home. If you're, if you were to give the energy in your home a name, what would it be? So is it a calm energy? Is it an energy of, is there anger there? Or is it a fun energy or is it a relaxed energy? So what is the energy? What is the environment within the child is absorbing and living every single day? And in terms of their belief systems, they are now being ingrained and imprinted into their belief systems for those first seven, eight years. And they will go into adulthood carrying these beliefs with them um, unless unless they become conscious of them and need to shift and change them. So I think it's really, really important. There's a really good book called The Conscious Parent by um, Dr. Savali. Um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the name of it and you can link it in afterwards. Yeah. It's called The Conscious Parent. Uh, excellent book. And it's just about I suppose being mindful about how you're communicating with your kids, the words that you're using, um, the body language that you're using, how present are you with them? Um, because they are sponges and they are picking up everything. So, you know, get down on the floor with them, play with them, go to their level, um, encourage them. But, you know, I'm, I'm still learning. I mean, I'm, I'm a newbie on this road myself. Um, so I'll be learning every single day and I'm sure we've done a hundred million things that are probably not deemed correct as it is, but I think as well, you have to meet where you're at and also take the pressure off, take the expectation of, oh my God, I can't, you know, I, you know, that I'm forming their beliefs. I think that's going to cause more stress and strain. 
So I think it's, if you strip it back, can you give your child love? Can you look them in the eye every day and tell them you love them? Can you give them a hug? Can you be present with them as often as you can? I know it's not always easy. Um, and when they're going through tantrums or when they're crying, let them cry, let them release it. I think we have to remember is they have a lot of pent up energy that they also need to let out. Um, so it's kind of let them do that and then come and meet them and, and, and talk to them when they can hear you. Um, so I think it's just, you know, if we can do our best yeah. and meet them with love and compassion and kindness, I think we'd be doing a good job. Yeah, I think with yourself, with yourself and Jerry, he's going to be he's going to be fine. He's going to be a, a, an amazing human being with the parents that he that he has. So it's funny you mentioned I had the Mary Angelou quote. Just right there. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I actually have that framed in my living room actually because I remember I think I went into TK Maxx and it, it's, it's funny how things work. Cause it was on my mind that quote and then it was there in like a black frame. I'm like, I'm going to get that. So it's up in my living room. But I find that great. People remember how you made them feel, and I think that's massive. Mm-hmm. Like you know. Yeah. Um, brilliant um so what we're going to talk about now it's I, I listen to jim Rohn a lot i think he's great some of the stuff he's you know um one of the one of the sort of the i don't know godfathers of, of self-development but he was talking about and he used the analogy of a, say a rocket going to the to going to the moon or whatever it was back in those early astronauts and how during the flight you know there was a slight kind of it might go offline so there might be a slight detour they called them was it mid-course correction so they had to hit the rockets and kind of move back on so just i find that's quite a good analogy for life and how we you know you might be thinking you're on one path and then you end up going and going to another so i mean if you asked me four or five years ago if i was going to be doing you know workshops and events and 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 part i'd be like no you know as i said for most people public speaking was that ah. but um you know and but i'm you know i've always had that caring nature by I'll be 20 years in the fitness industry health and fitness but um you know I didn't think I'd come on but then it's, it's been amazing and and what's occurred since um uh, so you know just for your maybe for yourself as well I know when you say trained as a pharmacist and how you ended up going towards and, and creating soul space and how you know sometimes it's 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 not a bad thing if there's a detour you know embrace that kind of journey and that that you know that there might be a, a little bit of a bend in the road but there's nothing wrong with that you know Absolutely. I think um, I think gone are the days where you are going to be in one profession for life. Yeah. You know? um, or maybe you might be in that profession, but you'll pivot and you'll change roles within that profession. Yeah. I think um, I think that's healthy. And I think that is um, it's the way of your soul. You know, you're meeting your soul as it grows and evolves. And I think to not change is actually more destructive in the form that you may get stuck or stagnant. And um, you may get into kind of a, a stale rut. Um, so I think it's, we have to remember that everything in life is changing. Everything, there's nothing stagnant in this world. Um, even our own bodies, they're renewing, our cells are changing, our blood is flowing right now. In this very moment, if you're listening to this, you know, there's a cascade of hormonal um, interactions and neuro um, circuitry firing and wiring. You're, you know, you're digesting your food right now. Enzymes are being released. Um, so it's just incredible what's going on. And this whole world is constantly changing. If we look at nature, nothing stays the same. Um, we have seasons for a reason. Yeah. And I think, and I truly believe we have seasons in our lives. And it would, it would be like saying, you know, Michael, stay in December, stay in winter and never go into summer. Mm. And I think, you know, if you were to stay in winter and never go into summer, you're missing out on huge 
beautiful miracles and blessings of sunshine and blue skies and uh, all that goes with uh, different seasons. So I think in our lives, it's it's important that we regularly take stock, that we regularly reflect on where we are. And is it serving me? Is my soul being ignited in this position or in this role or in this relationship or in this in- environment? And if not, what are the, maybe the changes or the pivots that I need to make so that my cons- my soul can continue to flourish and be invigorated and be fulfilled? And I think the the biggest thing that, you know, can affect our mental and emotional and physical body is an unignited or as myself and Jerry would say, a home soul whereby there's a void or an emptiness or a loneliness within ourselves. Um, and I think that comes back to finding a purpose and passion in life, having meaning in what you're doing or who you are um, and really living a life that's authentic to you. Um, you know, for me, I spent 10 years in pharmacy and I'm so glad I did it and I've yeah. learned so much and it has shaped the course of my life. But I know if I was to stay there in that same pharmacy right now, you know, I wouldn't be fulfilled or I wouldn't be, um, my soul wouldn't be flourishing. So I knew at that time I needed to make some changes. Um, and that can be scary at times and anything that's unknown and uncertain, of course, puts you outside your comfort zone yeah. and scare the living hell out of you. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's also an excitement. And I think the biggest thing, you know, if something is for you is if you are scared, but you're excited, scared. Yeah. Um, and that gives you the, the burning desire and the passion to stay with it and keep going until you kind of drop into that space of where you, yes, I feel this is right for me. Yeah. Um, I remember when you said reframing, I, said, I remember before my first, I did a solo, I did a one, I, took a, I did a few workshops with a psychotherapist friend of mine and it's okay, there's two people there. But when I, when I did my first one, I remember I was going there and I was like freaking out and I was like, you know, and it kind of sold out like, um, and I was like, in one way that's great the other way oh my god it's gonna it's gonna have to be good now um so i was like then i saw something from simon simon scenic i think and he was saying you know what are the physical reactions to you being nervous and it was like heart racing you know sweating or whatever and he said okay what's the what's this what's the physical reactions are you being excited and it was it was just kind of the same so i was like okay i'm not nervous i'm excited so it was mm-hmm. reframing that and then i kind of once i got into the flow it, it was fine um but as i said it's that you know, it was really exciting for me, you know, the whole process of, of the change. Yeah, nervous, but um, it was a, a different chapter and, and I'm glad I took that leap, you know, and especially going from, a, a you know, open up the business as 2017. Um, obviously, this year has been tougher than others, but, you know, but taking that leap, I think I would have always, you know, what if, what if. And I remember Jerry saying, you know, if it comes to the end of your life and realise, you know, you didn't, you had those regrets, um, you know, that, that that's even worse. But um, no, I love that. So... I've got another, I'm mad for my quotes, but uh, Eckhart told that, you know, rather than being your thoughts and emotions, being the awareness behind them, obviously you've probably heard that one. Um, self-awareness, Miriam, and being aware that, you know, our thoughts and emotions, you know, they don't have to control us, you know. Um, I suppose a lot of people who have who have been maybe distracted pre-COVID with, you know, going out or socialising or whatever it was and having to be at home on their own sometimes and having that, being alone with the thoughts, which sometimes isn't isn't a nice thing to be, um, you know, just maybe kind of touch on that and how people, you know, that might be struggling with being on their own and thinking um, and how they can just maybe, you know, if it is a negative emotion or a, or a thought, how we can maybe start to, to flip that. 
Yeah, so and I think, you know, as I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier uh, or not, but we have somewhere, you know, between 60 or 70,000 thoughts a day. Um, and I know Jerry often says, who's, who, who counts them? But I don't know, but that, that is what it said, that we, we are, are said to have about 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. Um, and they're going on anyway. And sometimes we're just not aware of the thoughts that we're thinking. We're not conscious of them or we're not aware of them. But they are going on there in the background, regardless of where you're conscious of them or not. So the very act of becoming aware of how you're thinking, yes, can be scary for a lot of people if, if you're not used to it, or if a lot of them are perceived as negative thoughts about yourself, or maybe you have, you know, maybe just your relationship with yourself isn't uh, a great one, you know, and sometimes we can be very hard on ourselves. And often we can speak to ourselves in very destructive, toxic ways that we would never speak to anybody else. And we'd never speak to a loved one in those ways. So I think the biggest thing that we can do for our sense of self and sense of well-being is beginning to start to cultivate a loving, harmonious relationship with ourselves. And the only way that we can start to do that first is becoming aware of what is my relationship like with myself? How do I speak to myself? What's my internal dialogue? What's my self-talk patterns like? And can I begin to soft and melt a little bit into the heart and offer myself some self-compassion and self-kindness? And can I release myself from the shame and the shackles and the blame um, and the kind of self-punishment or self-sabotage that I might be potentially finding myself in? And this is a big thing for me because I spent years self-sabotaging myself. Um, I would self-sabotage with food, um, with over-exercising. And I really had a bad relationship with myself in terms of I spoke to myself in, you know, not nice ways. So I spent a lot of work on this. And it, it's incredible when you get to a space of being kind to yourself. Yeah. It's, it just changes everything. It is the most liberating thing that you can give your soul and everything comes back into alignment. You know, I used to, you know, be working out all the time, yet I was kind of, you know, my body weight was not where I wanted it to be or where I thought it should be. And the minute I just let that go, hmm. the minute I started to be kinder to myself is the less that I wanted to punish myself is the more weight just fell off or the more I just came back into alignment. And I think, the power of breath and yoga helped me on that journey. Yeah. So what I would say is, you know, I often say catch, you know, like if you had a computer running and, you know, if it started to freeze on you and you have that ball going around and around. Yeah. And often what we do is we do control alt delete yeah. and we end the task. So what I would say is, you know, if you, you're catching yourself with these kind of negative thoughts, firstly is not to deny them, not to suppress them and not to resist them. Meet them with love and compassion. Try and befriend them. Try and not clinch onto them or grasp onto them and just observe them and see if you can just let them go and say, well, that's interesting. Mm, why is that coming up? Thank you for, you know, telling me that. Or thank you for showing that for me. But is that really true? And can I choose now to not really clench to that? And can I let that go? Can I take a deep breath and can I go into the heart? And can I say, mm, I'm going to let this one go? And what I would say is, can you do control alt delete with your thoughts? So it's like it comes in. Okay, I see you. I hear you. I'm not going to deny you or suppress you or not acknowledge you. 
but you know what? I don't really need you in my energy field because you're not serving me. So I'm going to do control alt delete, let you go, and then bring in a kind of a, a more life affirming statement, positive affirmation, or you know something that you can say like you know I am enough, or I'm willing to be enough, or I'm willing to try, I am worthy, I am deserving, I am willing to love myself, I am willing to let go of this negative thought, I am safe today. Um, you know you're just bringing in some affirmations that allow you to shift the thought patterns and then allow you to fire and wire in a new way. And the more that you fire and wire new pathways is the more you build up uh, new habits and new ways of thinking and new ways of being and new ways of communicating with yourself, which then can turn into new habits and new actions and new lifestyle behaviors. So I hope that makes sense. It does. It's brilliant. Control, alt, delete. I love that. I love that. Take a pause, <coughs> reset. And I think that pause, it kind of leads me on to the next one, is just that, as you say, creating space. And um, I think Mary Jerry mentioned and Joe Dispenser mentioned, you know, that analytical mind where it's uh, between the conscious and the subconscious. And that's where meditation comes in. And I find I get a lot of questions. I remember doing Q&As with, um, you know, a struggle to meditate or people think they need to have a clear mind but as you said it's just a you know acknowledgement of the thoughts but refocusing back onto the breath and and that kind of creating space where i think people kind of struggle with and then just in regards to yoga i found i used to be a renumerator i am just probably to, to some degree still but i've got better but you know even just focusing on that pose when i started practicing a little bit uh, you know i'm not really unclassed myself as a yogi at all but um i'm starting another course online soon actually but um you know how I used to touch on it there how yoga was important and I find that was really good because for that hour whatever I was just focusing on the pose I was in and it kind of you know it, it creates space for me you know and would you recommend something you know people who haven't tried it not just obviously meditation but also yoga I would I'm a big big believer in the power of yoga and meditation it changed my life to be honest um and I think people you know, might have the perception of yoga is, you know, uh, you know, just get on your, your yoga mat and you stretch and yeah. like, what's that about? You know, I'd prefer to go to the gym and do a big hit session and, you know, make, make my hour worthwhile type of a thing. And to be honest, I had that mentality initially too. Um, but when you dive into yoga, it is, it's what it means is the union of the mind and body and soul. And really it goes, it transcends much beyond the physical. You're working from the inside out, but you're also working from the outside in. And what it does, it allows you time and space to release tightness and tensions physically from the body, but also mentally and emotionally from the from your mind. And what you're doing in yoga is you're working on a lot of the energy centers in the body, which run along the spinal column, which is where your central nervous system lies. So what you're doing is the, the real juicy part of yoga is that you're actually unlocking and releasing suppressed emotions all of the time through the breath and through the movement. And a lot of the time we took away emotions that we don't want to feel. We took them into the hips or we took them into the into a certain part of the body and then we get tight. And then when that, we get that, into that's, yoga, why, that's like, why my oh. hips are, that's why my hips are so tight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what yoga is doing is it's unearthing a lot of that. It's allowing emotion to be moved out in a healthy way. Um, but it's also you're really focusing on the breath. So it's a breath focused practice. So you're dropping into the parasympathetic nervous system, as I mentioned earlier, where a lot of that healing and repair and recovery can happen. And you generally just come away feeling lighter, more, uh, you've more space, you feel more space in the body and mind, and you have more clarity as well. So I would really recommend it if you haven't tried it, give it a shot. 
give it a shot definitely I'll get back onto my uh, mat soon um, but I found even that first lockdown when I got into the habit and I'm always talk, you know telling people about habits and things and then it's kind of practicing what I preach but I remember for those two or three months at home every morning I did like a flow and I was buzzing I felt so loose but even just for the mindset it got me ready I used to do it first thing um, and now I'm trying to put the yoga mat by the bed and kind of as a bit of a trigger to say look get down and move the body first thing and and yeah. I find that had huge benefits for me like you know um, I suppose yeah. years of um, playing soccer and and um, I went back then and did my Achilles so I'm officially retired now and <laughs> um, just last couple of questions I know you're re- retired from that but what, what will open up for you you could become you know a master yogi there you go that that's that's what's going to happen I'm starting next week again into an online course no I'd love to I'd love to get more into it and I uh, said so that could be my new hobby now because um give me something to do uh, but no huge benefits and i 100 percent agree with that so definitely people haven't give it a go um last couple of questions we're nearly there i know you're you're busy as well so um okay um heart brain connection um miriam i know we talk about i know you talked that mind body connection is a huge part of what you do um and as i said doing some courses on the mind and uh, um you know i didn't realize before i was do, do, did a bit of study on it and how powerful the heart is and people just think it's it's a, a pump for pumping blood around the, the body but you know and then we find out you know has more neurons in it than, than some parts of the brain um and so maybe just explain to the guys that and i know jerry talks a lot about um you know what would love to and exactly and it's kind of what you, you you express as well and how powerful that is and how that connection between the heart um, and and I suppose in the brain in regards to anxiety and how you can kind of and I, I used to do I think it was the the, the University of Hartmouth um, I was doing a I kind of read up on them and they would there was an exercise called I think it was called from head to heart and I do it in some of the workshops where you know you, you close down your eyes etc but you bring them back to a really happy moment whether it be a childhood memory or a holiday or it could be yesterday and I had a couple of people getting quite emotional by the end of it because they it wasn't just seeing it, it was being it. It was like, you know, feeling it, smelling it, getting all your senses involved and it brought them back. And they, 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 the study that they did was like within a minute or two, you can actually bring yourself from that pre-anxiety or anxious panic attack or whatever it is to, to actually calm yourself down by just connecting literally hand onto the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, how powerful is it? Yeah, I love that um, exercise that you just explained um and that's you know kind of like a, almost like a visualization exercise yeah, as well. yeah. um and really what you're doing is that's really powerful because our our subconscious or you know our, our mind doesn't really know if it's happening in front of you or if it's in your imagination it's just you know it's kind of like i've heard this before when someone says it's kind of, your brain is kind of it's a bit thick really it just does <laughs> you know um which is amazing but a lot of the things we can be telling it actually can you know be in our imagination or we can be visualizing it so we can be brought back to a powerful time in our lives and like that a moment where you felt good or a moment where you felt confident um and by doing that you're starting to fire electrical signals and, and neurons and, and stimuli in the heart that floods you with these emotions of gratitude, of love, of joy. Um, And these are really high vibrational frequency emotions. And when you flood your heart with that, you almost, you tell your body you're in that state right now in the present moment. So your body doesn't know you're not there. It thinks you are because you are now telling your body that you are there. So you're, you're, you're literally reliving the moment and your body goes into that, that state. 
So, and it's also a really powerful tool to how we can manifest because we cannot manifest anything into our world if we are vibrating at a different frequency of what we're trying to call in. So we have a lot of people and we're trying to call in X, Y, and Z, but yet they're still living in a, a mindset of lack and limitation and deprivation and starvation and, you know, diet mentality type things. And you'll never call in the body you want or the job you want or the house you want if you are vibrating at a frequency that is in lack limitation and a lower dense um, energy levels. So you just won't match. It's like when you meet someone and you say, oh, I had you know, we, we vibed well. We yeah, yeah. You know, you just, you know, we were on the same wavelength. We've often heard that. And literally we are because we are vibration frequency. We are energy fields. We are vibrating and we are wavelengths. So what is the energy you're vibrating at? And you can shift and change that. And one of the powerful ways of doing that is going into the heart and doing an exercise like what you just said, visualizing, going back to a time where you felt a certain emotion and you can start to cultivate that emotion internally. And that will start to change your chemistry, change your physiology, uh, your biology. And, and then you will start to vibrate at that frequency. And therefore things you can try and you can start calling in and manifesting things that meet and match that energy field. Yeah. So it has to start with us. We have to make the shift internally ourselves. Um, and a beautiful way of doing that is through things like visualization, meditation, um and really opening up the heart space and like i would always say you know close down the eyes take a few deep breaths send the breath down into the heart wrap your heart in this love and light energy let it expand place your intention into the heart what is it you'd like to call in today place it into the heart and then breathe it out into the world breathe it out into your energy field and it's amazing how synchronicities can happen when you do that yeah You'll just get a phone call from somebody or you'll get an email and you'll be like, oh my God, that's mad. But it's, it's really all the energies are aligning. Um, and it's, it's funny how these synchronicities can happen. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And I found that, you know, by just opening yourself up to opportunities and then like I'm starting up a corporate, like a six-week um, program tomorrow for a company. And again, that came from um, like a husband of a client and he was a manager director of a company and came to one of my workshops and then you know as you said if you open up you you know and you you connect yourself to your heart and things things will happen and again you said you just you know and I suppose uh, I touched it before was you know we're sort of designed to be that negative you know we don't expect good things to happen to us what I said on an on an IGTV I think it was on my story recently I said pop it next to draw it on a piece of paper put it next to the mirror in the bathroom and then say I expect you know I expect I deserve sorry good things to happen to me so it's opening up and saying you do deserve it because you're an amazing person it's all like you know if people get a bit of luck they're like oh Jesus nothing good happens to me they're kind of surprised by it so it's just flipping that mindset and you know I love that being wrapped wrap your heart I love that it's like that emoji do you know the one we wrapped yes <laughs> um, but I yeah. think it's amazing and it, kind of, and it brings it back to what Dr. Joe said before and it's like you can think yourself sick but on the other hand you can think yourself well and I, I found that was quite profound that you can think yourself well and, and opportunities will arise so that's no, brilliant love that um, last one there nearly there um, just in regards to soul space um, you know I know you've got some web series come up a new one soul starting on the 7th of February um, is there anything else that's going on with yourself and and how can people get involved in that I've, I've done two of them and I'm halfway through the second one that I didn't do before but I find it brilliant so just maybe discuss um, if you have uh, um, yes yeah, so we um, we have a webinar series coming up and um, it's a four-part series 
um, with Jerry, and it's on one Sunday um, a month or four Sundays. Um, but they are all recorded and you can watch them back and, and do them in your own time if you can't make them live. Um, and that's going to be a really powerful series where Jerry's going to talk us through, um, you know, there's different pillars. So there's S, O, U and L. Um, I think it's strengthening the mind, um, you know, opening up to our opportunities, the pillars of well-being. There's a lot of things in there. Um, and it's really a really integrated approach to how we can nourish the soul and how we can adapt and cope in these uncertain times. And the other thing that we have running at the moment, and it's kind of my baby and I, I love it. Um, it's no, the community one, is it this? In terms of my, my work, baby, um, it's the Soul Space community. Yeah, I was gonna, that was the next question. Yeah, that looks amazing. Just before, yeah, not to cut across you, but there's a woman, she was actually contacted me for maybe starting some classes, but she mentioned that she'd listened to the podcast and stuff we did before um, with Jerry and stuff. But she was saying, like, she's part of the community and she was saying, literally, it changed her life. And that was her quote. So, you know, I wanted to talk to you and just ask you about it because it sounds amazing. So just maybe talk talk the listeners through that. Um, oh, wow. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, yeah, we are getting a lot of feedback like that saying, you know, it's, it's life changing. It has changed my life. It's changed my view of myself and the world. Um, and, you know, for me and Jerry, that is the ultimate goal that we have is to help people, I suppose, see their own light and to help people live with more ease and grace and to do that in an integrative way. So the community is, it's a private community. It's, um, we use Instagram as the platform. And every day we have a specific theme or topic. So, uh, you know, we look at neutral you know we look at nutrition and well-being we look at mental fitness we look at rest recovery repair um, and every day we have different things going up so we have a thought of the day every day or a meditative moment which are really powerful uh, ways to start your day with an insightful pause take a breath we contemplate different topics um, then there's yoga um, which will now be there'll be three times a week i do a yoga session on a wednesday we have a beginner's yoga on a friday and now we're introducing kundalini yoga classes as well wow live but they're all saved to our IGTV so you can watch them back at any time and we have them all categorized into folders so every Friday we do a, a rest recovery IGTV video a coaching video either with myself and Jerry Saturday we do one on mental fitness Sunday we look at spirituality and reflection so we give journaling prompts and things that you can look back how your week has gone and then we have physical uh, workout sessions with Dan, um, who looks at, you know, working out and he does a bit of breath work as well, breath work classes. Um, and so it's a real mix of mind, body and soul done either live or done and saved to IGTV. Everything is saved to our IGTV so you can watch back. But I think the real crux or the nugget or the magic of the community is every Monday night, Jerry and I do a live Zoom webinar with our, our community. And we talk about on different topics, themes. We open it up. We do live Q and A's. We put people into breakout rooms. So you're really building community. People are getting to know one another. Wow. Challenges within the community. So next month they're going to be in buddies and they're going to be doing a self-care challenge for the month of February. Um, so it's a really powerful space. And then we bring in guest speakers as well. So we have a, a great lineup of speakers over the next few few months looking at topics like trauma looking at um hormones in the body looking yeah. at ayurveda you know so we really have we bring in tom Torr, who's a sound healing practitioner to do sound baths with people so there's a lot going on in where there where do i sign up miriam where do i sign up <laughs> <laughs> 
that sounds amazing how, how do people kind of get it are they onto the website or yeah if you go onto our website soulspace.ie and click into events and programs you know there's a drop down and you'll see there the different programs but in there you'll see soul community or go to our instagram page the link will be in our bio in our link tree there as well Amazing, amazing, amazing. No, that sounds fabulous. Um, I definitely get involved myself, I think. But no, that, that woman could speak highly of it. She said literally it's, it's you know, it's, it's changed it's changed everything she does, which is great. Um brilliant Miriam, do you mind if I recite your poem to finish off? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so this is this is one you put up recently and it was like kind of mind blown really. So um and and then we could it'd be a nice way to, to, to finish the chat. So I think the guys will will, will um will like so this is um a little poem that Miriam put up there on a story, I think it was a couple of weeks ago or last week. Okay, <clears throat> so sometimes the fog appears more dense, the haze of life feels quite intense. The safe land left, my boat is free. You see, it's now up to me. Um, riding the riptide in and out, surfing the surges between courage and doubt, I learn to float on the ocean in between and trust in the above to orchestrate my dream. Wow, that's beautiful, Miriam. No, I just wanted to. To share that because I, I was actually like goosebumps reading that so that was amazing oh, thank you thank you so much michael uh it's actually my first time hearing it been read aloud um by somebody else and yeah wow it's, it's amazing fun. when you verbalize it yeah because i found yeah. i used to kind of think of things or read things but when you'd say it out loud it's like wow and i was just getting tingles there reading it myself um <laughs> so that's amazing so um just thank you so yeah. delighted to actually finally get to chat to you so i really appreciate you coming on i know you're busy with the, the small man he's so cute like i love watching the videos it cracks me up um and so thanks so much as i said i've learned so much and i'm sure my listeners have as well and just acknowledge you know the, the work you do the self selfless work you do for people um and yourself and jerry and the whole soul space you know you're dedicating your life to helping others which is you know to release you know uh, release their own potential which i think you know is something i try to do as well because there's i think we're only tapping into the the surface of what people can can achieve and you're helping to to bring that out of people so you know continue success and again you know i really appreciate it thanks a million for coming on not at all thank you so much for having me thank you wow amazing guys really really enjoyed that um it's great to finally meet miriam i know it's virtually but just to have a chat um amazing human being who who again as i said at the end they're selfless um you know just just wants to help people you know we need more people like that in this world um so yeah if you like that guys um give it a share tag let's let's get it out there i think a lot of people need to hear this if you go onto apple podcasts and give it a rating um and yeah blown away as you can probably hear mind blown um yes that's a wrap guys really enjoyed it and um, we'll be back in soon i've got a solo one coming up next week um and then we've got a few more guests coming in so yeah thanks for listening delighted with that and i will talk to you very soon take care guys bye